Our second lesson from today comes from Exodus 20, verses 18 through 21. Listen to the word of the Lord. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen. Do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. Then the people stood at a distance, while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. This is the word of the Lord. Fear. Fear is a very powerful emotion. It's an emotion that has kept kept us alive for centuries. It's a primordial instinct that has kept us from death. There are many things that I would like to talk concerning fear. Yet, we only have a very short amount of time together. So in our passage, our, our stage is set after the Ten Commandments. We are met with a sensory overload with lights and sounds that would confuse anyone and provoke fear. When we read this story, we may think on like, why is there this thick on the mist cloud that's crackling thunder and lightning? And where the heck did this trumpet come from? But if we look back at chapter 19, these are all things that God said to Moses which he had relayed to the Israelites. The reason why there was a cloud with thunder and lightning with the added trumpet was a way to let the people know that Moses wasn't making all these things up. This was a way for God to reassure the Israelites. Back in chapter 19, the verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud in order that the people may hear when I speak to you, and so trust you ever after. Even though the Israelites knew that these things would happen, they had already experienced them when they were going up to the mountain, they were still standing there afraid. And they stood at a distance. The question is, why? I think we all fear things that we do not know. It is why we are scared of the dark. If you stand in the middle of a beautiful forest filled with trees and flowers and birds, or stand in your own living room, you may feel completely safe in the daytime. But as soon as the sun sets, the beautiful forest and your own living room become the place of your nightmares. We feel like we have no control or security because we cannot see what is happening in front of us. The lack of sight tells us that anything we might hear, we must freak out at at any small noise that happens. Yet, we are not necessarily scared of the dark, but what may be in the dark, what we do not know. When the Israelites see and hear the power of God in the lightning and thunder, the sounds of the trumpet, 
in the smoke of the mountain, they saw how powerful God is. They realized that God is not a being to be controlled. They saw a beginning of what a being could be. They could never fully understand God. And God is bigger than anything else in the world. God is infinite. God is a mystery. Their fears come from their unknown. That is why they kept their distance and asked for God not to talk to them. But they did ask for Moses to speak to them. They asked for Moses because they can see Moses. They can touch and see and feel Moses. He's tangible. He's a finite creature. He is a known. Moses tries to reassure the Israelites by telling them not to be afraid, but tell them that God was only trying to make them understand the commandments, which God had spoken to Moses. Even though God was up front with what God's presence would look like, they still were afraid of God. You know, we like to have things put in a nice little box for us, right? We like to have God put in a nice little box because I think we feel like we can trick ourselves into feeling that God is something that we can control. It's a, the easy road to understand God. It allows us to think about God when it's convenient. But as we see here, that God is not a God that can be confined. God is larger than our comprehension. Now, I do want to make something clear to us. Never knowing God in a full capacity is a good thing. For a God that we could fully know is not a God that's worth worshiping. You might be sitting there thinking, well... If these things are true, then how are we even, even able to know God? Well, if we look back, God has commu communicated us in many ways. We see here that Moses has been interceding for God. Later on, we see other prophets and priests that intercede for the people of Israel. Elijah and Samuel are some prophets and priests that we may come to mind. But even though these characters throughout the Old Testament helped the Israelites understand God, there was something still missing. We see that these prophets and priests were not God. And that there was a void of connection between Moses, Elijah, Samuel, and their relationship with God. But that void was filled in Jesus God incarnate. Jesus changed the way people worshipped God. For God wanted to be among us, so God came to earth in the flesh of Jesus. Fully human, fully God. Fully finite, and fully infinite. What a concept, right? A concept that's made the church spin its head for centuries. But the beauty of of this is the mystery that even though God is bigger than anything we could ever know, we could hold and touch God. 
that Jesus has lived the life that we've lived. Jesus has tasted death. The God that we see in the Old Testament is the God that we see in the New. It's the same God that we've had for centuries. The same God that, we, that which gave these commandments on the mountain is the same God which that led the Israel, Israelites out of Egypt. The same God that gave them quail and manna in the desert. That gave them water. It's the same God that produced sustainment in an unsustainable place. This is the same God that we see in our first lesson. When Jesus fed the 5,000. We see a Jesus provide for many when there seems like there is nothing to provide at all. Yet Jesus provides in abundance. But he does so in a very intimate way. By using his own hands. He does this by handing the bread from his hands to someone else's. It reminds us of how we were past the peace. This is the same intimacy that we also see at the Last Supper. We see Jesus tell the table that the bread is his body and the cup is his blood. And passes these things with his hands to the rest of the table. Today is Communion Sunday. It is a day where we celebrate and remember what Christ has done for us. It is also another way on how God communicates to us. It's a way for us to interact with God, even though God is bigger than anything that we could ever think of. God still wants to be with us. That can be seen in Jesus and seen in communion. If we lean into God, we see that the abundance which God gives now, before we end our time, though, I want to talk about a communion service that has changed the way I've lived my life. When I, before seminary, was a youth intern in Abilene, Texas, at First Baptist Church Abilene, I was working with the kids, and we had an event for a weekend. It's like a lock-in, where we had a speaker come in, and we had a band that happened every night that come in and they would lead worship for the kids. And one of the things that we did at the end of this was have communion with one another. But one of the special things about communion with this youth group is they had a tradition. And it was in the form of how, what elements they chose. So one, a couple of years before I got there, their head pastor wanted to have communion at camp in Colorado. Well, there was nothing around where they were, so the, the Pastor decided, well, let's just go to the 7-Eleven and grab what we can find that's close to the elements. And what he got was red Gatorade, Dixie Cups, and Hawaiian Sweet Rolls. Very youth-oriented, if you ask me. But that moment that they had that time when they did communion with one another changed the way that they viewed the communion and one another with God. So they continue this tradition, and I'm hearing these stories and I'm excited about having communion. But another part of my journey as a follower of Christ, but also a pastor, was I was struggling with, I knew what grace was, but I wasn't sure if I felt grace. So I was in this 
very much of a limbo of trying to understand and feel and then also teach these things to these kids. It was a really hard time. But I pushed on, and in communion, my boss Cody was talking about communion, saying, we are going to have communion now. And so he instructed the kids to go to the table. And I found myself wanting to stand up and get in line first so that I may receive God's grace first. But then I had a second thought that stopped me from standing. And that thought was that even though I don't feel grace, God's grace is always there and that God's grace is always enough. So I wasn't worried about the elements being there, but God's grace always being there. And so I sat back down and waited. And naturally, after everyone went, there was still enough. But it wasn't the elements that was the thing that I needed to have. It was God's grace. But through that story, I remembered how that's always there. And I found that through a communion, through rolls, paper cups, and Gatorade. How appropriate. Because these elements seem like they're very unlikely to hold any substance, right? But Jesus himself was unlikely to be the Messiah. He was the son of a blue-collar family from a small town in a small nation. Yet, he changed the world. He changed it through love, his sacrifice, his presence. That is what we remember during communion. I won't claim to know what happens during communion, but I know that something does happen, and that thing is good. Now let us participate in this mystery together. Let us pray. God, thank you for the opportunity to come here. Thank you for the opportunity to hear your word professed and claimed. Now let us come to you, not in fear, but in mystery and wonder. Let us feel your presence with us. God, let us do these things so we may be able to profess the claims that you love the world. That you want the world to be like your kingdom. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.